That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Welcome to another episode of Without a Country. I just realized that the windscreen is missing from this microphone. Is that going to make it sound like shit the whole time? I feel like I breathe extra heavily on this uh, podcast because I have to talk for the whole time myself. I tried to take it from there, but my right arm wasn't strong enough. You know, all that masturbating. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Thank you, Michael. Okay, great. Now, any way I can deter um, complaints is uh, good for me. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. God forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Shout out to Balenciaga. Going to be quite an episode. My browser, I got to be honest, is fucked this week. My browser's fucked. I did have to type in uh, toddler mutilation, uh, child pornography, uh, child pornography cases, a lot of things that one hopes never to have to type into their browser, at least not on a computer that they own. But I did that all. I did it all for you. I did it so you don't have to. Also, shout out to all my disgusting, filthy reply guys who introduced me to DuckDuckGo.com. Uh, Mike in the booth is cheering with its hands in the air because, of course, Michael knew about that already because he's, you know, before he was my friend, he was a disgusting, filthy reply guy. And, um, uh, yeah, I didn't know. They just kept saying I was having trouble searching the Balenciaga story on Google and getting, you know, like it was just like not enough results were coming up. Like more results shouldn't come up for me than should come up for Balenciaga during a sex scandal. And so I posed the question to Twitter, which is truly like the point of Twitter. It's like when you when the question can't be uh, retrieved on Google, then you go to your Twitter family. Um, And they kept saying, search DuckDuckGo. And I am I am so innocent and so naive that I thought DuckDuckGo was like the Balenciaga version of Pizzagate. I thought it was some kind of like 
like weird nickname that they were using for the sex scandal on Reddit. And then I and so I'm like searching DuckDuckGo on Google and then I'm like, oh, it's just like it's fucking like Ask Jeeves. It's just a different search engine. And that's what I learned this week. So thank you guys for teaching me something. And I'm so annoyed I didn't know about this the whole time because there's so many things that I've looked up that I didn't want on my browser, both personal and political. And I could have been sleeping a lot sounder at night had I known about this beforehand. But that's okay. We will get to that story in just a couple of minutes. And that is going to be most of the episode uh just because it's something you can really sink your teeth into there was a there was a lot of conflict a lot of conspiracy obviously it has to do with child pornography so the fuck conservatives i mean they it was their january 6th all over again they were just so fucking happy conservatives love nothing more than uncovering child pornography or some children get it like it's like almost like they it's like they are are so enraged about children being in danger that I think they almost wish that children are put in danger because they get off on uncovering it so much it's very weird most times I call bullshit on it uh you know as in the case of like a drag queen story hour or something let me tell you Very few people get horny when they see drag queens. That's just a fact about drag queens. That's not the point of drag queens. Um, It's like getting horny when you see Liza Minnelli now. It's just not a thing that's happening. Anyway, um, is Liza Minnelli still alive also? That's fucked up. Now I've now I'm reminding myself of Kathy Griffin. She had thanks. She was at like a dinner with uh, Alan Arkin's son, and she was talking about Alan Arkin like he was dead the whole time, and he's still alive and well, which I found quite amusing. Don't worry, she's still alive. Liza, I thought she was okay. She's still alive. Great blessings to her. Love her. Don't masturbate to her though. Um, and that's not what makes a woman's value. Okay. That's not what makes a woman's value. I want to start out with some plugs because I was somehow convinced into going on the road again. Um, it's mostly cause I want to leave town. Uh, so 2023 dates coming at you. Well, first of all, 2022 date, new year's Eve, New York comedy club, East village, 6 PM. We have a fucking killer lineup for this show. Uh, this is a show I do every year. If I am in town, Uh, I don't think the ticket link is up yet, but again, I know people are starting to make their New Year's Eve plans, so definitely hold a little pregame space for your girl, Corinne. It's me. It's Christina Hutchinson. It's Ryan Long, Lev Fur, Chloe LeBranch. What a fucking lineup. That's 6 p.m. New York Comedy Club East Village on New Year's Eve. Gives you plenty of time to go get fucked up and make some mistakes before the new year. Then 2023... Austin, Texas. I'll be at the Vulcan Gas Company uh, on February 10th. That's one night only. On the website, they referred to me as one of the queens of New York City comedy. And I got to be honest, guys, copy I would have written myself, copy I didn't write myself. A, A single tear streamed down my eye. So shout out to whoever wrote that. That was so kind at Vulcan Gas Company. Um, Saturday, February 11th, I'll be moving on to Houston, Texas, where I'll be at Rockefeller's. Um, that ticket link is coming soon. Really cool venue, though. It's like a it's a it's a concert venue. Um, so I'm excited to play that. Don't worry, they'll put seats out. It's fucking comedy. And then Toronto, Canada, February 17th and 18th. I'll be doing uh, the weekend at Comedy Bar in Toronto. I haven't been to Toronto in quite some time due to COVID. So I know you guys 
uh, are itching for me to come to Canada. I'm excited to go there. And I'm also excited to eat these vegan hot dogs that I found in Canada, which to this day are the best vegan hot dogs by a landslide that I've ever found. They taste like an actual hot dog, which is extremely hard to do. So shout out to Canada. I'll be there every night eating vegan hot dogs. And that ticket link is also coming soon. If you want to buy the Austin tickets, that ticket is, uh, link is already in my Linktree link in my bio on Instagram, which is at philanthropy gal. So come on out to all those. And then, oh, thank you. Yeah, that they again, they chose that clip, you know, guess we all know what that's about. Anyway, uh, moving on. Okay, so enemy of the state, enemy of the state. This week's enemy of the state, we're officially into the holiday season. It is post-Thanksgiving. Santa has made his appearance in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And so my enemy of the state this week, and really for the entirety of the holiday season, will be people who give animals as gifts without talking to the person they're giving them to, since it's a huge and life-changing commitment to another living creature. Enemy of the state. Thank you so much. Uh, it's my number one pet peeve. Justin Silver and I do a lot of texting about this. Uh, if you're thinking of adopting an animal that you actually want, that won't be a gift. It's best actually to wait until after Christmas because that's when all the animals will be the saddest because hundreds and and thousands of them will be returned to the shelter because they were given to people as gifts. And the people said, Hey, I didn't want a cat, dog, rabbit, gerbil. That's the thing I learned too this year. I didn't realize what a surplus of rabbits, at least in New York City, that are in shelters. So if you say, hey, I don't have a time for a cat or a dog. I don't have this space. It's not allowed. Get a rabbit. They hang around in a cage. They do nip sometimes, I think, if you hold them in your hands. But, you know, you can handle it. You're a big boy or girl. Um, and that's that's it. I'll get off my soapbox right now and we'll get right to the news i don't know uh yeah i'm just i'm just excited to get into this balenciaga thing bad news it is bad news um we'll do a couple stories before that though uh just in this is just in before i came over to the studio um there was uh a dis another decision in the january 6 case i know we kind of like talk about that a lot in passing but there are still people who are in court for this. This is from the New York Times. The Oath Keepers leader was convicted a couple hours ago of sedition in the January 6th case. A jury in federal court in Washington convicted Stuart Rhodes, the leader of the far-right militia, and one of his subordinates for a plot to keep Donald Trump in power. That's really all you need to know about that. I'm not even going to read the article. More importantly... I was like, I have to research who the Oath Keepers are. I love a group. I love an organization. You know, we all know that the hits, we know the KKK, we know the Black Panthers, not unrelated. Um, but I went, I never heard of the Oath Keepers. Um, so Oath Keepers is an American far-right anti-government militia whose leaders have been convicted of violently opposing the government of the United States, including the transfer of presidential power as pres prescribed by the U.S. Constitution. It was incorporated in 2009 by founder Elmer Stewart Rhodes, a lawyer and former paratrooper. 
In November 2022, Rhodes and another leader of the organization were convicted of a seditious conspiracy. That's a little bit about them. And if you were uh, sitting at home pretending to be smart, but not actually that smart like me, uh, and you're going, what is sedition again? Don't worry, I looked it up. It's conduct or speech inciting people to rebel against the authority of a state or monarch. A, a lot of times we kind of just refer to this as inciting violence, which is why I was like, what the fuck does sedition mean again? But if you didn't know what sedition meant either, don't worry. I don't know. You probably don't need to. How many times are you using sedition in day-to-day -day language? All right. Next article. There's a lot of like very, there's a lot of child molesty stuff this week and there's a lot of conspiracy stuff this week. It was a very strange week. So this is from the New York Post. Um, the crypto founder, uh, Tian Tian Colander, unexpectedly dead at 30. That, I mean, not just, I mean, obviously the New York Post was trying to make that seem fishy, but it's, it seemed very fishy. So the finance world has been rocked by the sudden and unexpected death of a young crypto founder at the age of just 30. Tian Tian Colander. I did look up how to pronounce the first name and they were like, bitch, exactly how it looks. The co-founder of Hong Kong based digital asset company Amber Group died in his sleep. I mean, which we do hear of sometimes because if you have an undiagnosed heart issue dying in your sleep when you're very young is like a thing that happens. But I feel like it usually happens to athletes. It doesn't usually happen to people who sit behind a computer working on like crypto uh, cryptos and NFTs. Anyway, um, so he died in his sleep on November 23rd with the news confirmed on the company's website with the deepest sadness and a heavy heart. Hmm. Calander, uh, known affectionately as TT, launched Amber in 2017 with a group of finance insiders, including former Goldman Sachs Group and Morgan Stanley workers. And we know Goldman Sachs, they've never done anything wrong. Before that, he worked as a trader at both finance giants and in 2019 earned a coveted spot on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. So this is not someone flying under the radar, which recognizes the most talented emerging entrepreneurs and leaders. Earlier this year, the startup reached a staggering $3 billion valuation after scoring a $200 million funding round. Earlier this month, it was revealed the company was in the process of raising around $100 million, with the firm describing him as instrumental to the founding of Amber and a pillar of our success. He put his heart and soul into the company in every stage of its growth. He led by example with his intellect generosity, humility, diligence, and creativity, the company statement reads. TT was a respected thought leader and widely recognized as a pioneer of the industry. His depth of knowledge, his willingness to collaborate, and his desire to always help others benefited countless startups and individuals. His insights and creativity inspired many projects, people, and communities. The statement added that besides co-founding Amber and building it into a multi-billion uh, fintech unicorn, TT also sat on the board of Fanatic, one of the world's most successful esports organizations, and founded uh, Keeper Dow, the first on chain liquidity underwriter. We lost a great partner and a true friend in TT, and words cannot express our sorrow at this time. The statement continues TT's legacy will live on, and we will work even harder to make Amber the category defining leader of our industry, as this was TT's ambition and dream. Okay, so they keep talking about TT. Uh, a lot of, I was like, a lot of nice words about TT. Not a lot of 
what the fuck did he die of? What's going on? Obviously, I'm sure they have to do an uh, an autopsy if you just die in your sleep. It's not like, you know, unless there's like a bullet wound or something, you wouldn't know. And then so I looked a little bit more because I knew obviously someone would be fishing for some type of a conspiracy theory, et cetera, et cetera. This source, yes, it's sketchy. The source is sketchy. Of course it is. We're talking about conspiracy theories and people being murdered when they're just supposedly dying in their sleep. But I had to, ah, damn it. It's so fucking crazy that it's now shutting down my computer. Can you pull that one up, guys, or no? Uh, I hate when this happens. It's It's like they want to stop me from getting the answers that I want. Is that not it? Uh, oh, yeah, 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 it is. Sorry, my whole computer was shutting down, so I was looking at that. Mm, anyway, okay, so uh, this is from Grit Daily, and I know you're like, like, what's Grit Daily? Is that like the New York Times? No, but the New York Times makes mistakes too. So I say, hey, all the news that's fit to read. <laughs> that That's my new motto for um, Without a Country. Obviously, take this with a grain of salt, uh, but some of the other death in here, the drowning that we're going to talk about, I did, that is, you are able to find that on other uh, news sources. But this is the only one that talked about all three deaths. Um, so Russian crypto billionaire dies in unexplained helicopter crash. I mean, what's, an, but what also to that, I say, what's an explained helicopter crash? Uh, the third unexplained crypto death in recent weeks. Okay, where there's smoke, there's fire. Can you scroll up now, please? Um, and make it a little bigger. Uh, so erupt, a Russian crypto billionaire is the latest cryptocurrency businessman to die in mysterious circumstances after his helicopter crashed in good weather near Monaco. Entrepreneur Vyshyslav Taran, uh, 53, died after the helicopter plunged near the resort town of Villafranche-sur-Mer after taking off, oh, they're killing me today, taking off from Lausanne in Switzerland. Taran is the third cryptocurrency entrepreneur to die unexpectedly in the past few weeks. Tianten Colander, who we just talked about, 30, died, and they put in quotes, in his sleep last week. I love it. Uh, while fellow crypto uh, crypto millionaire Nikolai Mashigian, 29, drowned on a Puerto Rico beach after tweeting that he feared the CIA and Mossad, the Israeli, uh, which you should be yeah, familiar with, uh, the Israeli Foreign Intelligence Agency, and you know Israelis don't fuck around, uh, were going to murder him. It's a crazy thing to tweet. I guess you just you guess you just tweet it if you want it on record because obviously it's kind of like pointing a huge arrow at you. Um, but I guess you know it's you, you need it on record somehow, and that's the fastest way to get it on record for everyone. I mean that's pretty fucking crazy. Since the crash that killed Tehran happened in good clear weather, and after another passenger reportedly canceled last minute. Ah, mystery now surrounds the billionaire's death. Uh, Tehran, the co-founder of Trading and Invest, and also, I mean, the ages here, it's like, yes, of course, people drown. And yes, you know, statistically, men die more in situations where, you know, risky situations because they put their their health and welfare at risk and you know they do crazy tricks in their car and that's why men's car insurance is more expensive when in their especially in their 20s all that is true but still to have a 30 year old die in his sleep a 29 year old drown and I don't have a picture of him but I'm guessing he's not like you know a thousand pounds or something and uh and then 53 which is still way too fucking young to die. I mean, not that a helicopter crash has any 
uh, and and your age have nothing nothing in common, but just a little weird. It's just it's it's just a little little fishy because even um even with Kobe Bryant, like we like they they were like yeah we said not to fly the helicopter because it was like foggy and then they, we all got in the helicopter anyway. Okay, back to the story. Um. I love a conspiracy theory. Uh, That's the picture of the helicopter guy. Yeah, we. Oh, that's the helicopter guy. Okay. I mean, again, it doesn't. If he's, I guess it's good that he's not fat either, because they could have been like he's too fat for the helicopter. I mean, I'm trying to think of any reasons that like a helicopter would crash, you know, outside of weather. If it was like an Aaliyah situation, like you know, they they always said like Aaliyah set put too much of her luggage on the plane or something. I don't know. That's also there's lots of conspiracy surrounding that. Anyway, Um, so uh, the deputy public. uh, Oh, sorry, the 35 year old French pilot was also killed. But I mean, you know, in a situation like that, you know, if they're trying to kill someone, the the they're just letting the pilot go. They don't they they don't care. Uh, The deputy public prosecutor of Nice, who visited the scene, said the fault of a third party could not be ruled out. Ah, third party, a murderer. Tehran, a highly successful offshore specialist, (laughs) offshore, who has lived in Monaco for the past 10 years, has three children with wife Olga, founder of Hello, Monica Media. Ukrainian news agency Union claimed without citing any evidence that Tehran was a, a, quote, billionaire crypto businessman with likely ties to the Russian Foreign Intelligence Service. So again, we're, you know, involving Mossad, we're involving Russian intelligence. There's a lot of weird stuff going up. Wait, I didn't read that sentence yet. Uh, it, it, it alleged he was linked to the SVR Foreign Espionage Agency and was responsible for laundering Russian funds through a system of cryptocurrency operations. So again, it's like, okay, were these people murdered? Maybe, but were they also up to shady shit? Also, maybe, but does that mean that you deserve to die? I don't think so, but a lot, obviously, a lot of people disagree with me on that. People whose money it is, I'm guessing. Um, So I just thought that was very interesting because obviously, like, I'm not really into cryptocurrency. We don't really talk a lot about cryptocurrency on that show. It's not on this show. It's not my area of expertise. I think it's something to, like, keep an eye on and be, you know, but overall just not something I've ever invested in. Um, But uh, when I saw that New York Post headline and, you know, New York Post loves to get attention by saying something wacky. But when I saw that, I was like. Let me look into this a little more. And then sure enough, two other deaths were revealed in the same cryptocurrency space. So I found that, again, I don't love to get involved in conspiracy theories. I think that is like one of the downfalls of um, conservatives and the way they intake news. Um, But that one to me did set off a bit of uh, an alarm. All right. Wackos who are over the age of 21 living in states where Delta 8 is legal. Do you want to get high? Do you want to get really high? Do you want to get really super duper legally high? Well, then now's the time to go to YoDelta.com where you can stock up on high quality tested Delta 8. It's the holidays. A lot of you guys seem to really not like being around your family. Maybe you don't like the relationship you're in. Maybe you don't like your life. Maybe you don't have money. Maybe you don't have power. Maybe you don't have fame. Maybe you don't have success. Maybe you don't like the way you look. I don't know. Maybe you just want to fucking zone out. I'm just listing all the reasons why 
people like to use shit that puts them in a different state. Or maybe you just want to fucking relax. Maybe you're actually happy and you're happy because you're always high. I don't know the answer. But whatever the reason is, stock up on this now. Uh, their vapes, their gummies are great. The people I know who use them truly from the bottom of my heart, they love them. So if you're the <laughs> Mike Harrington in the booth loves it. He put a little, he waved his hands in the air like you just don't care. Uh, so if you're over the age of 21 <laughs> and living in the majority of states where this is legal, you're going to go to YoDelta.com and you're going to stock up on Delta 8. What's Delta 8? Well, it's found in hemp and it can be legally shipped to various states and get you high. At YoDelta.com, you can find a mix of gummies and vapes for all your getting stone needs. And I can let you know that Delta 8 works and that these products obviously should be taken responsibly. So once more, that's YoDelta.com, the official Delta 8 sponsor of the Gas Digital Network. And if you use promo code GAS, you're going to get 25% off. Once more, that's promo code GAS for 25% off. Yo Delta, home of the Delta 8, that will get you super high. Now, back to the news. All right. Now, here's the alarm that the internet has been hearing uh, for the past, uh, I guess it's been two weeks because this had already broken last week. I just didn't have enough information on it um, to cover it on Without a Country. And, you know, I didn't want to ruin your Thanksgiving. But now that Thanksgiving is over, it's a perfect period to ruin things. If you need to break up with someone between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when you want to do it. I actually read an article about that. Hilarious, cold-hearted. I love it for you. Um, so if you guys are not familiar at all with what's happening, um, Balenciaga released their holiday ad campaign and if you want to pull up some pictures, they're still available on the Internet. A lot of people were like, wow, this reeks of like child pornography. Uh, there is no child nudity in it, but it's, you know, it's children. I would say not even in questionable situations. It's children uh, holding and around props and set design that most would deem inappropriate for a child to be around. And listen, it's fashion. And, you know, I, you know, I, you've probably heard my thoughts on having children in the entertainment business to begin with. It's a thumbs down from me. Um, but, uh, I usually think that people cry child pornography, like all the time, but while still doing, pageants which i think is the closest thing to child pornography that is socially acceptable um but this so this this came out and people went fucking nuts um they were promoting um a, a, a number of things balenciaga was promoting um but they were mostly promoting these like teddy bear backpack purse things but the teddy bears are dressed in what people are describing as bondage or bdsm gear i mean i also think it's like they kind of rushed to call it bondage and bdsm gear like to me it like also could just be punk rock like some of these articles are just are like this bear was in a mesh t-shirt it's like yeah so was my gay uncle you know like it's not a mess for me if it was just like a mesh top on a bear and some leather you know bracelets that's not convincing me of everything of anything nor do I think it's any more inappropriate than having your child be a model hard stop period to be fucking gin with um that being said uh it, it it goes on. So I have pieces from numerous articles and then maybe we'll read um, like one, one or two full articles on it. 
Um, so, so what's happening now is everyone's like pointing fingers because Balenciaga was first like, you know, no no one appreciates edgy fashion, blah, 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 blah. Um, so an overview of the images, and this is from Diet Prada, because I kind of had to piece piece together all the facts because just looking at the photos, I was like, yeah, this is not, I'm not enraged looking at these photos. I'm just like, eh, I wouldn't let my kid do it, but, eh. Um, so the objects campaign by uh, Gabriel Gallimberti, known for his portraits of children surrounded by their possessions, features children holding teddy bears in harnesses and mesh tops. The other by Chris Maggio. So there's two ad campaigns going on here, and I've seen them both. The other by Chris Maggio features models in the Adidas capsule. It includes a shot of a handbag with a page from a uh, 2008 Supreme Court ruling, um, which is known as the United States versus Williams, which uh, upholds the promotion or advertisement of child pornography as a federal crime not protected by free speech. One image of Isabel Huppert includes a Michael uh, Boramin's book. His work has featured nude children and adults engaging in acts of violence, including cannibalism. So these are the first two things, you know, just looking at the picture with my naked, uh, untrained eye, I was like, eh, don't love it, but I'm not about to, you know, burn Balenciaga products. I don't own any. I like I literally don't think I own anything that's over like two hundred dollars um, as far as a single clothing item anyway. Um, but uh, when you would then, you know, some eagle eye on the Internet zoomed in and the fact that a like court documents from a Supreme Court ruling about child pornography were in sight in this photo. And if you zoom in, you could see it. That to me is fucking crazy. That's crazy. And like their claim is that they ordered these, they ordered like an array of documents from a prop house. Uh, uh, Come on. I'm not a stats person. I'm not a numbers lady, but I mean the likelihood out of all the documents in all the prop houses in the world the sex scandal one, how to, you know, end up in this photo shoot. That's, uh, I don't think so that, you know, and again, it's so hard because to me, like pedophilia and child endangerment is just constantly like the boy who cried wolf when it comes to conservatives. So it's all, I almost didn't really fully research this because I hear it so much. I'm like, I just I'm just like, oh, it's the fucking conservatives at it again, you know, with their anti LGBTQ bullshit. Obviously, the fashion industry and most of the people who are involved in this are gay men. So it just felt very targeted. But then when I started reading about it, I was like, this is real fucked up. Um, And then I did look up the art of uh, Michael. You know, that's like if it was just like one art book, I'm like, okay, maybe. But like the combination of all these things is it's pretty alarming. Um, So what people are saying, Twitter users slammed Balenciaga for promoting pedophilia and child abuse and pornography, uh, saying the materials were deliberately included, which I agree with that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You got to You got to look at that. Google it. You know, it's your multimillion dollar company. You're not Googling this shit. You don't have someone looking around. I, I, if I take an Instagram picture, I look what's in the background. 
and I'm fucking nobody, you know? Uh, all right, saying the materials were deliberately, inclu- deliberately included and, the, at the, and that the bearers represented BDSM fetishes. Again, like, yes, but also, eh. They also questioned a framed certificate in another uh, of Maggio's images, which they say bears the name of John Philip Fisher, who, according to no relation, um, who, according to a local Michigan paper, was convicted in 2018 of molesting his granddaughter. So, I mean, this is now in a very small, you know, like small overall images not a lot going on in these images overall for really l- looking at it. These are three like pretty, it would be wild to say these are coincidences. Okay. It's just, I don't know. It's just a little bit crazy. And um, if you look, it's a, it's a college diploma of John F- uh, Philip Fisher, who was charged with seven counts of sexual misconduct. Oh, and I also forgot I had fucking, I had a whole th- theme prepared. This week, I have to make sure my my tit isn't out. Sorry. Before I went into the story, my nipple. Uh, I think it's covered. I had a whole outfit that I was going to wear for this. <laughs> this is my Balenciaga. I thought it would be fun to uh, talk, to talk about bondage in this outfit. Also, we need to get these YouTube views. But really, I have to cover my nipple. Sorry. And also, sorry, I'm I'm going to I'm sexually harassing everyone who works uh, at the company. This is a this is the bonus of having small tits though. Even if they fall out, like they're are they really out? I think this is great though. Okay. <sighs> it's drafty in here. Um, and then uh so yeah, that was that. Uh and so like now we're 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 in like within within the space of two images, we're finding three just like just things like why would you even get your hands on these things? Um, so that's pretty fucking crazy to me. Uh, and Tucker Carlson, again, Tucker Carlson, not my favorite news source, but whatever. Tucker Carlson, who covered the campaign on a babies and bondage uh, Fox segment, blasted Balenciaga for promo- promoting kitty porn and sex with children. Um, I wouldn't say, yeah, I mean, the good the good news is, any, although I do think placement of these materials was deliberate, whether it was someone trying to get someone in trouble or actually having to do with sex trafficking and Illuminati and all this kind of things that we, uh, that are, that there are whispers going on in Hollywood. Um, and, you know, when I get to the top, I'll let you guys know. Um, and, you know, you know, your bitch, I, I keep secrets among my friends, but if there are secrets in Hollywood, I'm telling everyone. I'm telling everyone. Um, so uh, although I do think those placements were deliberate, uh, the good news to me is like I don't think that anything that the kids actually did on set was like something that will tra- traumatize them. Like it might be traumatizing for them when they grow up to read these things about B- the Balenciaga case and the lawsuits and everything. But I think like on set, you know, in real time, nothing that they were subject to was like troublesome. They don't fucking know what's going on. So that's that's the good news. I tried to find like a silver lining in here. Um, and some believe, people believe the gaffe was a stunt to garner publicity. Obviously, I think any company knows though, like I would hope at this point, like the one thing that is always going to leave a kind of irreversible stain on your brand is kitty porn. And that's a good thing. That's good for society. 
uh, what involved parties have said. Balenciaga quickly issued an apology stating regret uh, for including the Bears in the campaign. They also said they would take legal action against the parties responsible for creating the set and including unapproved items. And again, to that, I say, you're Balenciaga. You don't have just a, even an intern who walks around and surveys and Googles the titles that you're putting. Like, because I mean, if it's anything like a film set, you have to clear book titles. You have you have to clear book titles to appear in a photo. Yes, Michael, do you have a question? Well, no, this is all done by a, a separate production house. No, I, I know that. But I'm saying like, so, but there's someone from Balenciaga present at the shoot. Not necessarily. But that's crazy. I mean, if you're if you're if you're trusting this company, right, to run a campaign for you, they're they're doing it. But I mean, I would I would really argue that someone that someone from Balenciaga is present. There's at least one rep that they send. I really wouldn't believe that there's not. I think that's crazy. And I mean, if it is, I mean, then honestly, then they just fucking deserve it. Like, learn how to run a fucking company. Um, they, uh, they also said that they would, yeah, it was legal action. So to me, to me, what they were saying is we ordered, you know, we ordered set design, we ordered props, you know, the same way that multiple people uh, are in charge of things on a film set, but there's still a director. There's still an executive producer who's overseeing anything. That's how I interpreted it. But again, I've never been on a, a fashion shoot of this caliber. So, uh, I wouldn't 100% know, but I mean, I'm basing it off of like basically like film industry knowledge, which I think it would be kind of similar. And like the clearance is like, so I don't, then I don't know. It's like, I still don't think you would be getting like a group bundle clearance, you know, uh, on all the book titles involved. I would still think you, someone in legal would have to like clear them. Yeah, but that could all fall under the umbrella of like, that's the, the, media company that is putting together this ad that's on them sure but i mean if there's one like one group of people that i say that i in like my experience are always actually like pretty on top of it it is lawyers like they will give you like my lawyer before i sign a contract gives me like wild scenarios he'll be like if the you know the hindenburg gets back in the air and then falls on you during a shoot like just crazy scenarios that would never happen and like lets me know what could happen if the worst possible case scenario went down. And I mean, that's why I love him. He's like, the, I'm like, oh, I should have been a lawyer, like the ultimate bear bearer of bad news. Um, just to me, it seems like for the amount of money that went that went into this, there are so many things that would have to have gone wrong or slipped through the cracks for this to all be mere coincidence. You know, and I would like, and I, and I'm always, I always err on the side of like coincidence, even though in like mysticism, it says that there is no coincidences. So if you're like into astrology, um, but, uh, you know, I think mathematically there are coincidences. Did you have another question? No. So I just, uh, there, there was one line at the end of that, that, that I did miss, uh, including unapproved items on the set. So that means there had to have been some approved items so this couldn't have all just been a surprise to balenciaga well well yeah and that well that's and that and like also because i mean i'm sure similar like people are asking similar questions to me it's like you're just having a fucking shoot and you're not approving anything you know in the and i mean i guess if you're in a movie like you know yeah quentin tarantino doesn't know every 
it's funny that I just named another terrible person like Quentin Tarantino doesn't know like every book that's on the shelf in you know the bedroom of the scene that he's shooting are you right now stunned that I called Quentin Tarantino a bad person look I'm a millennial Natalie's Gen Z I'm we a millennial were both too sitting here like yo Tarantino's our guy what are you talking about I'm, he's one of the why few are you good talking ones. to me like I am not also a millennial no, I'm just saying like for this is two different generations who are like yeah he's not a bad guy Okay, well then you guys aren't well well read on Quentin Tarantino. Well, yeah. <laughs> Apparently not. I would have said like Woody Allen or something. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe not as bad as Woody Allen, but not great. I wouldn't I wouldn't be alone in a room with Quentin Tarantino. That's for sure. Oh, okay. Um, okay, so uh, Gallimberti told Newsweek, and also I would argue Woody Allen's movies are better. Um, Gallimberti told Newsweek, I am not in a position to comment uh, Balenciaga's choices, but I must stress that I was not entitled in whatsoever manner to neither cho- chose, I guess he's, English isn't his first language, I guess it's Italian, uh, to neither chose the products nor the models nor the combination of the same um he added that he was only there to light the scene and take the picture he's like i was only there when all the child pornography was laid out i wasn't there laying out the child pornography it's just so funny because every article i've read it's just someone going but he did it he did it he did it there was there was a meme of someone doing one of those like Times square like ball under a solo cup tricks and they were like this is ba- balenciaga uh trying to get, put the blame on other people and it made me laugh um, so that's part of it. So a lot of people, you know, Balenciaga is trying to put a lot of the blame on Gallimberti and then also trying to, you know, and then also put some blame on the sets and props and then also put some blame on this creative director, um, uh, known as Demna, who, I mean, I was already nauseous when I, you're just going as Demna. I fucking hate. So Demna is the creative director and this is, I, I am not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of fashion, um, or do I? Um, but it's not a name I had heard before, but there was plenty of articles kind of explaining the power this person holds in the fashion industry, the elbows that he's rubbing against, um, you know, he's friends with the Kardashians, he's friends with Nicole Kidman, uh, and I think, you know, maybe as like common everyday target shopping folks, we don't, we, you know, movie stars are our celebrities, but I think to movie stars, it's like m- film producers like Harvey Weinstein's and fashion icons and people who hold power in fashion who movie stars are running after because that's how you can really make big money. That's how you can get these large scale fashion campaigns under your belt. That's how you get your next movie. Um, and so you want to be with these people. That's the same, you know, the same reason why Anna Wintour, you know, was able to be Devil Wears Prada because so many people wanted a page in Vogue. So if you look up Demna, there's just countless articles and interviews licking this person's ass. There's a huge New York Times piece from October 27th, 2022, which is like so fucking recent. Um, and the picture is ridiculous. You know, they're in this like full face mask, which is a great fashion line to introduce right before you introduce your child pornography line. I'd also want to cover my face if I was about to launch that, um, you know, and also there's just something to me about giving yourself another name. That's like, ick. it's like, it's just there's something like God like godly about it where you think you're like the best person on the planet and 
that you don't, you know, you will not suffer consequences. So if you want to have some good laughs, I would recommend reading this piece in the New York Times. Uh, It starts in his always provocative culture shifting work. The artistic director of Balenciaga is constantly revealing himself even as he sometimes seeks to disappear. And it's one of these ridiculous articles that starts on a warm Paris night this past July in the same neoclassical palace off the Place de la Concorde where coronation balls were once held for Emperor Napoleon I and King Charles X. Balenciaga was hosting a dinner for Demna, its artistic director of seven... Like, already I'm gagging. It's just like this... It's just we have reached this level of Hollywood where everyone is fucking untouchable and no conversation has any like sense of genuineness in it whatsoever like I'm just gagging I can't get behind this um so and then I and then I went on and did a little bit more research on Demna um Demna likes to be a bad boy this is what I I have assessed about Demna there is a, a Vogue interview entitled fashion should not please Demna on fearlessness, desire, and why failing is good. Well, you did that. Uh, str- uh, strong opinions are in order when Demna is involved. I, I, like the, I just can't even say Demna. His clarity of vision and powerful point of view come from a place of conviction and inner drive. Compromise and complacency aren't part of the equation. Even though he has become, it's like you put a black mask over your face. This isn't good. Uh, Even though he has become one of the most influential designers of our time, success hasn't gotten the better of him. He certainly makes for an inspiring example to young designers. Fearlessness and conviction are qualities he also requires of the young creatives who work for him. I bet. Are you four? Put on a BDSM chain. Um harness uh first of all you have and this is so this is like some excerpts i pulled from the interview with him in vogue um and again this is all pretty recent stuff first of all you have to be your own filter (laughs) if you do not desire yourself how can you possibly trigger desire in others at the same time collections have to be personal But it cannot be just that because in that case, it isn't fashion anymore. If it's too personal, it becomes an art project. And I think we should be careful to distinguish fashion from an art form because while fashion is about vision, it's also about product a lot and the way we consume. Personal stories are super important, but as a creative and visionary Oof, you know you're in trouble when you start referring to yourself as a visionary. Um, you have to be inspired by the world around you. Fashion is a mirror, but it can be easy to get lost in that and say, look, I'm so great. Now I made holes everywhere because I went through a war. No, there must be a degree of interpretation and translation of your personal story. So going back to the desire question, I think desire is about sensibility and you need to kind of train it to create desire, whether it's a product, fashion show, movie or whatever you do. I think it's something that you have in you and you have to train it. So in kind of all the the articles that I saw about Demna, they're like, he's edgy. He's the bad boy. He does whatever he, Demna does whatever he wants. Demna gets what Demna wants. Um, you know, and they're setting themselves up to be rule breakers. You know, I think that's why I chose this, you know, little piece of the interview. It's like, okay, so that's who he is in fashion. Cause I didn't know that's who he is. He's known as a rule breaker. He's known as someone who pushes barriers. But if you're known by that, then to me, that even pushes more towards the fact that like, you know, you knew what you were doing was on some level fucked up. You can't just be like, oops, I put a bear in a harness. Like, I don't even know what's going on. Um, 
So that's that part of it, because I wanted to like separately research every uh, piece and, and person who was involved in the story on Balenciaga. So then <clears throat> you go on to the set design and props. We talked about this guy, M- Michael Boramans. I'm not exactly sure how he pronounces his last name kind of known for doing art that involves toddler castration and the child pornography court rulings. Um, So this, again, this is from the New York Post. Scrapped Balenciaga campaign featured book by painter uh, whose works include castrated toddlers. This to me, like to me, the most damning evidence um, is the the Supreme Court documents (laughs) Um, and then I would say the Fisher sexual misconduct college degree guy. That's just like a weird thing. And like, why would that even be in there? And then after that is this artist just because like, I don't know, people paint weird shit all the time. I don't necessarily like, I don't think that. And it's also like, it's an art book. So an art book to be present on an art shoot to me, that's a little less. Uh, so Balenciaga, blah, blah, blah. Let's see. So photos from the uh, the brand's now canceled spring 2023 ad campaign show French actress Isabel Huppert posed in a Manhattan office with a stack of books behind her. Notably in that stack of books is a title celebrating. And this is, and this ad is um, one that doesn't feature children. Like this actress is a, a grown woman. Um, Notably in that stack of books is a title celebrating Belgian painter uh, Michael Boromans, whose work uh, works frequently feature children. The David Zwerner Gallery in Hong Kong, where Boromans' Fire from the Sun has been shown, described his paintings as toddlers engaged in playful but mysterious acts with sinister overtones and insinuations of violence. Like, based on that description, I don't necessarily think it's, like, crazy. I pulled up um, some of his work. There's not, like, a ton of it available to look online. Nothing I looked at was, like, specifically super jarring to me. And, you know, historically and certainly in horror films, we often see toddlers engaged in serious, uh, sinister situations. Um, so that, to me, wasn't, like, crazy, crazy. Um, in that same ad, a $3,000 Balenciaga Adidas handbag, um, two brands that I never thought would go together, uh, but Kim Kardashian loves it, was shown sitting on a desk alongside paperwork, again, from this 2008 Supreme Court case uh, about child pornography. And if you scroll down in this article, there's like one of Michael Borman's paintings you see. It's like two naked Aryan looking toddlers covered in like blood, possibly like fecal matter on some kind of a white backdrop looking down and like their dicks are out. They have them blurred out in the New York Post. Um, weird. Looks yes. like that one's dick is cut off. Oh, that's what he's looking on the floor. He's looking at his mutated dick. There's oh. like a fleshy bit. Okay, so that's the castration. Okay, to me, I I'm so I'm so innocent. I interpreted that as he took a dump and he was looking at it. He was like, "What did I eat for dinner?" You know. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, I gotta say, like, if I walked into like the house of a guy I met at a bar and I wanted to fuck, and he had this painting up, I probably wouldn't fuck him. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with that. It's not a great look. It's not something that I would have in my corridor. Um, or have it all really. Um, I actually, I also don't think it's that good of a painting, but that's my personal preference. Uh, so the images featuring Borman's book of work as a prop was swiftly taken down from Balenciaga's website this week after a different ad campaign came under fire for featuring kids 
along stuffed animals wearing bondage attire. In a statement Monday, the brand apologized for missing the mark with both ad campaigns. And I love that. I love that. I'm going to be like, I'm going to murder someone and be like, I'm sorry, I missed the mark on that. Um, <laughs> and this is their statement. And it's like, I don't know who wrote this, but that person should be a stand-up comedian. Um, they wrote, we strongly condemn child abuse. Strong start. That's a good one. <laughs> it was never our intent to include it in the narrative. Again, I mean, wow, strong. The luxury couture company wrote, the two separate ad campaigns in question reflect a series of grievous, and we're using that word real lightly, uh, errors for which Balenciaga takes responsibility. Uh, the first campaign, the gift collection campaign, featured children, blah, blah, and they're going through it again. Um, and, uh, you know, they show the old Instagram apology, black background, clean white writing, you know, they're saying they take full accountability for the oversight. Um, and they are now, they they have since filed a $25 million lawsuit <clears throat> against the party is allegedly responsible, which includes the production company North Six and then uh, set designer Nicholas Desjardins and his namesake company. Uh, we are closely revising our organization and collective ways of working. You know so many people got fired, Balenciaga said. We are reinforcing the structures around our creative processes and validation steps. We want to ensure that new controls mark a pivot and will prevent this from happening again. Yeah, try to prevent the child pornography shoot from happening again. That's a great brand strategy, Balenciaga. Um and again, they include two of these images, you know, just nothing to me. To me, I'm like, why? If I'm spending all this dough on Balenciaga, I don't want a fucking kid modeling with my shit. That's my fucking feedback on it. Um, all right. Let me just make sure I covered everything. I think I have one more because there was a Rolling Stone article that really wasn't taking a hard stance against but Balenciaga. That is like one of the most recent news uh, pieces to come out which I thought was interesting because I quite like Rolling Stone, especially with kind of pop culture things like this. I think they do some really good journalism. And I think like you wouldn't normally think like, oh, let me check what Rolling Stone said, um, even including politics. But I think they do some they, they do. They're really overlooked and they do some really good writing over at Rolling Stone. Um, I used to have a subscription to Rolling Stone. Um because of that uh so yeah this came out today today is the 29th right um and it said why are people convinced balenciaga is promoting pedophilia so right from the title obviously they want people to read it because everyone kind of has the same stance and they're like we're gonna be a bad girl and we're gonna take a different stance um balenciaga has taken responsibility for one of the ads but is suing a set designer and production company for the second claiming they recklessly include in documents relating to child pornography um damn it what the fuck it uh i read it on my phone and now it's not letting me log in maybe let me see if i can get it on my phone maybe i, maybe. I have it on the screen if you want it oh you do you have a subscription okay so uh can you make it like a touch bigger for luxury uh fashion house balenciaga a seemingly run-of-the-mill photo shoot Okay, I mean, I wouldn't call it run of the mill. Uh, designed to sell a collection of holiday themed tchotchkes has snowballed into an internet frenzy. That's how you spell tchotchkes? Yeah. That you just learned that? 
I'm sorry. I thought my mic was down, but yes, 100. I did just learn that. <laughs> well, normally you're telling me how to pronounce words, so now let you know. Let my little my little Jew self tell you. Um, I feel like it's like is I don't know if Chachkis is actually like Yiddish, but it's definitely like Jews love saying Chachkis. But my my non-Jewish family loves saying it too. Okay, uh, moving on. Um, and uh, which uh, so yeah, it snowballed into an internet frenzy, which now includes accusations of a deep-seated pedophilia conspiracy, a Kardashian statement, and a twenty-five million dollar lawsuit. So how did we get here? A question I ask myself every day. What was in the Balenciaga ad? Um, so again, we kind of already went uh, went through that. Um. Uh, you know what was in the ad? There was, you know, and there were also included wine glasses, beer koozies, uh, and several distressed teddy bear hang things. Like I think alcohol around children um, is definitely in poor taste, but like if that equates to child pornography, then everyone who grew up on the street I grew up on, you know, should be locked up because there was a lot of Bud Light cans around kids. Okay. Um. Very back to the article. As much as I like looking at myself, <laughs> I do need to read the article. Um, sorry, guys. I'm just. We love it. Waiting on there. Um, so sorry. Just give us a second. Technical difficulties. Okay. So uh, released on November 16th, the Balenciaga gift shop was an attempt by the fashion brand to promote an exploration of what people collect and receive as gifts. Uh, according to a now-removed press release, the photos were shot, as we know, by uh, Gabriel Gallimberti, a photojournalist known for capturing uh, subjects with their personal items. Uh, the problem, the models holding the bear, the distressed bears were children, an inclusion that several social media commentators, which is crazy that that's even a thing now, immediately deemed inappropriate and a purposeful attempt by Balenciaga to promote child pornography and pedophilia. Uh, the outrage first driven on TikTok and Twitter. And now we see TikTok kind of getting ahead of Twitter uh, in how news spreads. And wildly enough, TikTok is even less accurate than Twitter. I can't even believe I'm saying that. I can't even believe something could be less accurate than Twitter, but it can be. And it's TikTok. And it's because the people on TikTok are even younger and dumber than the people on Twitter. Um, follow me on TikTok at Philanthropy Gal. Okay, back to the story. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, it, so it grew exponentially after several TikTok sleuths, <laughs> so lame, accidentally confused the ad uh, with a Balenciaga Spring 2023 uh, advertisement starring Nicole Kidman. Kidman did not respond to Rolling Stone's request for comment. Well, why would she? It's not the same thing. In one of the public photos of the campaign, there is a page of the Supreme Court uh, versus, uh, Will, you know, uh, United States versus Williams, which we talked about. Um, and it says, coincidence, Internet sleuths don't think so. I mean, guys, that's crazy. Thousands of social media users said the gift campaign was inappropriate and promoted child sexualization. Uh, as the controversy grew, users on TikTok began to go viral for throwing away or completely destroying their Balenciaga merchandise in protest, which is like, I'm sorry, like, that's so lame. It's so lame. Okay, back to that. Uh, but a larger portion of the outrage can be attributed to a major push from far right influencers like Candace Owens and Andrew Tate 
and Kanye West, who we'll get to a little bit later, not necessarily in his uh, context to this, but just like the amount of press Kanye West is getting recently is scary, um, who have cited the Balenciaga blunder as evidence that the Hollywood elite is actively promoting child sexualization and pedophilia. And again, this is not a new concept. I feel like every year there's a new way in which people are claiming Hollywood is promoting child sexualization and pedophilia. And I do not at all... Um, I'm not trying to say that child sexualization and, and pedophilia is not an issue in the world. Um, but some of this like complexities of pedophilia specifically in Hollywood, I'm like, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I think there, I think the, I think it's basically like there's pedophiles everywhere in all walks of life. And it just happens that when you are in Hollywood, you have money and you know, people at the top, so you're going to be able to make your pedophilic fantasies come true in a way that a pedophile who works at CVS can't. So I don't think that there's more pedophilia uh, or I don't think that there's more pedophiles in Hollywood. I think there's a lot of pedophiles in the world. I just think that there's no, there's more pedophiles in Hollywood who are able to do ba bad shit and act on their pedophilic fantasies. That's my that's my assessment of the situation. Okay. Um, mm, mm, mm. And, so, and, and like, again, like some people send me videos of Andrew Tate. I, I, I can't get, I'm sorry. I can't get into Andrew Tate and certainly not Candace Owens. It, the whole thing is a little bit ridiculous. Um, some users even claim uh, that the rapper Kanye West chose to leave his Balenciaga deal. Uh, like like they're saying like, oh, he wanted to leave it because maybe he knew something, which is just completely inaccurate because there we do have the clear documentation and reporting that they removed Kanye West for his repeated anti-Semitic comments. Um, people think Kanye is crazy, but he's been in he's been in Hollywood. A pro Kanye podcaster said in a conspiracy video covering the Balenciaga news. He knows all this shit. Everything he's saying is real. Kanye knows. Trump knows. We know. And I and I don't dispute that Kanye that that Kanye West and Donald Trump know more than the average person. But I don't think this is what they know. Um, all right, says one of uh, the top comments underneath the video, which has been liked fifteen thousand times. Turn off the World Cup. Burn your Balenciaga. Do not shop there anymore. <laughs> it's such a joke because it's like it's only the fucking 1% that's shopping at Balenciaga anyway. It's not like everyone has Balenciaga in their closet. Um, Tristan Tate, Andrew Tate's brother said in a recent uh, podcast interview with his brother, Andrew uh, to not shop at uh, Balenciaga calling for more people to expose Balenciaga and shout out to Kanye uh, for cutting ties with those people because there's more to all this than meets the eye. Okay. Less than a week after the ad went live, Balenciaga pulled the teddy bear images and issued an apology. Um, and that's also like a, a that's a good amount of time to let pass before you do that. Uh, saying using children as models alongside the seemingly adult items was a mistake. We strongly condemn child abuse. Blah blah blah. We read that our plush bear bags should not have been featured with children. The two separate ad campaigns in question reflect a series of grievous errors. Again, we read that part already. Um. And then they post the Balenciaga, a big fucking statement on from Balenciaga, all the things that they're doing, blah, 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 PR nonsense, PR nonsense. Uh, Gallimberti tells Rolling Stone while he was the photographer on set, he had no creative control over who or what he photographed. 
again, you know, just passing the blame. It's like, well, you're still a prominent person in fashion at this point, so you could step offset if you want to. According to Gallimberti, he was approached by representatives from Balenciaga to use his famous documentary style to create a punk-themed children's holiday campaign, which is how I initially interpreted it. And if it, and if it wasn't for all these other weird fucking object placements, I would have argued it was just punk-themed. I would not... I would have not, because that plays into what I also take issue with, which is um, adults looking, uh, adults sexualizing children, adults taking the adult themes they know from their life and projecting that onto uh, things that children are doing innocently. And of course, this is not things that children are doing innocently because this is a curated photo shoot. Um, That being said, like the average, like, I mean, before like, you know, 50 shades of gray, like talking about like BDSM wasn't even something the average American was doing. I mean, we have to realize how much uh, sex culture has changed in America in the past, you know, or in the world, but specifically American. I know a lot of the kids involved in this shoot were British um, in the past 10 years. Like, we're a bunch of fucking prudes over here. So, I mean, when we're talking about BDSM or even like threesomes, like 10 years ago, talking about a threesome was like, oh my God, she's crazy. And now it's like yawn, yawn. Now it's yawn. Oh, you want attention? You had a threesome? Cool, 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 cool story. I love it. Um, but, you know, this is like, you know, this is part of like why Christine and I started Guys We Fuck because no one was talking about anything interesting sexually 10 years ago. And in the 90s, they were. But then we tightened up. We tightened up a bit in the 2000s and then we came back. And did I just credit myself and Christina for p- being part of the sexual res- re- uh, revolution? I absolutely did. Do we love it? Because we are. Thank you. Um, <laughs> my, my You're the first fourth wave feminist. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um, we're part of something. OK, back to the article. <clears throat> Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, so it's clear from the reaction that people are having that my photo is a. Fe- this is a statement from Gallimberti. Hold on, there you you missed. I I went down too far. Okay. Um, this was the backlash he got. Okay, so I honestly thought that those bears. Now he's now now he's just make say, saying that Balenciaga shit is just ugly. I honestly thought that those bears were ugly, but that's the only thing I can say for me. Gallimberti says they were ugly, but I don't know if they're punk. Or bondage, and I and I believe that because again, me looking at it, I I looked at the photos before I read anyone's opinion on it, and to me, I go, this looks like fucking like Sid and Nancy bears to me. Um, but I'm not fucking boring. Uh, the Italian photographer tells Rolling Stone that in the past six days, he's had two planned jobs canceled. Well, obviously, they have to put a pin in you until they figure out what's going on, and had his personal phone number posted online with a message for boycotters boycotters to harass him. It's clear from the reaction people are having that my photos offended people, Gallimberti says, but the atomic bomb was triggered by the other campaign because people went to see other photos of Balenciaga and they found that document of the Supreme Court and they started thinking that there was a conspiracy between the two things and most of the media immediately said, it's Gallimberti. Uh, so who is Balenciaga suing? We know that they are suing um, the people who were in charge of the props. Uh, representatives for Balenciaga said the desk items were supposed to be fake legal papers rented from a prop house, but somehow ended up being real. It's a pretty big blunder. Uh, the inclusion of these unimproved documents was the result of reckless negligence for which Balenciaga has filed a complaint. Representatives for Balenciaga said... We take full uh, accountability. According to a lawsuit, 
Uh, Balenciaga, as we know, is seeking $25 million in damages from North Six, which is the production company, and Nicholas Desjardins, who is the set designer, uh, claiming both parties were malevolent or at the very least extraordinarily reckless in including the legal documents on set with Balenciaga's knowledge, uh, with uh, without Balenciaga's knowledge, I guess it does. But an attorney... Um, oh, no, it says with it. Okay, but an attorney for Desjardins tells Rolling Stone uh, that Balenciaga isn't completely innocent here. There certainly was no malevolent scheme going on. As Balenciaga is aware, numerous boxes of documents simply were rented from a prop house, the attorney says. Moreover, representatives from Balenciaga were present at the shoot, overseeing it and handling papers and props. And Desjardins, as a set designer, was not responsible for image selection from the shoot. Uh, Production company North Six declined to comment, but a source close to the group tells Rolling Stone the shoot was only logistically managed by North Six and the company wasn't involved with creative uh, direction or on-site for the final photos. Oh, interesting. Um, so that actually goes against because this this was I didn't get to fully read this article because this came out right before I came to the studio today. Um, but so that goes against what Mike, Mike, Mike you were saying, because you were saying, oh, maybe someone from Balenciaga wasn't there. But quite the contrary, someone from North Six wasn't there. So they put this together and then it was someone from Balenciaga um, or the, or perhaps Demna, who was um, who who is an employee of Balenciaga, who actually uh, put everything together. Sorry, just making sure my nipple isn't out um uh let's see okay balenciaga apologized are they still canceled since its first apology on november 22nd and again that was a good amount of time to pass before you put an apology out as someone who's put in a public apology yeah you got to do that fast uh almost makes it seem like you don't really give a shit if you waited that long balenciaga has deleted every photo on its instagram account I hope they archived them, Um, except the statements apologizing for what they called mistakes. It started as a small outcry from more fringe hashtag save the children accounts, a seemingly legitimate anti-trafficking cry that has long been co-opted by QAnon conspiracy theorists. And again, that's why I hate this, because it's like when you cry, when you continuously cry pedophilia, when it actually is pedophilia, you know, people like me or who are like, oh, it's the fucking conservatives crying pedophilia again. Um, and again, I wouldn't categorize this nationally. I wouldn't I wouldn't categorize this as pedophilia. I would, but I you know, it's kind of like child and endangerment, weird shit going on. Yeah. Um, but it soon reached larger platforms, including both popular fashion accounts and controversial public figures who have called on celebrities with Balenciaga partnerships to speak out. On Sunday night, Kim Kardashian, somehow involved in everything, it's almost impressive, who has worked with the brand many times over the years, including wearing Balenciaga to the 2021 Met Gala. That was a nightmare. And walking in their Paris Fashion Week show earlier this year, addressed her silence in a Twitter statement saying she appreciated Balenciaga's removal of the campaigns. I have been quiet for the past few days, not because I haven't been disgusted and outraged, uh, outraged by the recent Balenciaga campaigns, but because I wanted an opportunity to speak to their team to understand for myself how this could have happened, Kardashian said. Which, listen, ever, of course, whatever she said, people were going to attack her because it's Kim Kardashian. But, like, you know, I also wouldn't have I don't have respect for people who as soon as shit hits the fan they're all like I denounce this you know like you know when people denounce something so quickly when shit hits the fans that like that you know 100% they weren't able to actually look into it for themselves and I I don't respect people like that and I don't do that when when all you guys were like 
fucking Corinne denounced Marilyn Manson, I was like, give me a gosh darn second to fucking review the fucking materials for myself. And I did. And on my own, I came to the conclusion that he is a, a bad dude. But like, don't fucking pressure people into making huge statements. Fucking relax. I hate that. So fuck, I'm on Kim's side on this. Give her a fucking second to decide if it's pedophilia or not. Okay, back to the article. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, but exactly an after hour, uh, an hour after her post, Kardashian added an additional statement saying that she was reevaluating her relationship with the brand. Um, and of course, everyone's like, "Oh, it's just money, money, money." It's like, I mean, listen, if it's fucking, there is no Kim has all the money she could ever need, and I and I don't doubt that her breaking ties, cutting ties with Balenciaga would be a huge financial like issue, but also I'm sure she has to look into like paperwork and contracts and like not get sued. I think it's like, I think you guys aren't thinking about like all the complexities that go along with having like a partnership with a, like with a brand. Like there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. You can't just be like, bye. Like she doesn't want to get, she also doesn't want to personally get sued for $25 million. You know? Um, as of Tuesday morning, almost all of the top hundred videos under the Balenciaga hashtag on TikTok referenced or condemned the ad campaigns as an attempt to sexualize children or promote pedophilia. One popular account uh, at Anna Reports News seems reputable, even made a video claiming the campaigns purposely include references to the satanic icon Ball and a book from avant-garde Belgian painter Michael Boromans, who we did. Um, we saw that already. Um, what's can you look up what Ball is? I don't know what that is. <clears throat> and I'm going to go back to reading the article while you do that. Uh, the internet, sorry, I just memorized two words from the name. I can't look something up while you're using my screen to read the article. Oh, I, I didn't know who's, who that was yeah. coming from. Um, I, yeah, I have the article up here. Uh, the internet is a well-known breeding ground for conspiracy theories, but when online theories gain massive and mainstream support, Internet fervor can spell real-world damage for the people involved. For example, Gallimberti says he has received thousands of messages daily calling him a pedophile or encouraging him to kill himself. Gallimberti says that the popularity of Internet theories has led people to take sleuthing too far, and I certainly absolutely agree with that. Get a hobby. Get a, get a passion. Um, and infer that even innocuous photos with or about children are clues about secret pedophilia messaging. And again, I agree with him on that. It's We hear it constantly, and it's not all true. Uh, while he says he's been encouraged by representatives from Balenciaga to make his accounts private. He refuses. All right, cool. Good for you. Balenciaga is now taking full responsibility. They are saying we are responsible and put the children together with these objects. It's too early to understand if everything will disappear in memory or if this will stay with me. But I told them I'm not hiding because I'm not guilty. And you know what? Good for you. Good for you, dude. Um, uh, because I don't think like him as a person who just showed up and took the take, took the picture. Yeah. I don't think he know he like, he's not going to know that this Belgian artist makes paintings, um, you know, with kids and their dicks cut off. And he's, he didn't take a look at this, uh, court document and, uh, then look it up on his phone and realize it was about child pornography. Like, yeah, I do believe that. That's like, to me, that's believable. I don't think he was, he was there for those. He said, I, he said, he said, I took the picture. The court document one. He said he took the picture of the bears. 
Okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm t- I'm talking to about at as at as a group, but yeah, I mean, definitely. So they're conflating like his work with those well, Supreme then, so, Court documents. Oh, pictures, so Ma- sorry, Maggio is the um Maggio is the second photographer, right? That guy Maggio, I believe. Either that or the creative director for. I don't think I don't think a creative director is actually the person taking a photo. Those are two different roles. I'm pretty sure because that's why it was funny that like people were pointing at the creative director, then they were at Gallimberti. So Gallimberti, I mean, I would say I definitely agree with him because yeah, in that photo, that's just those BDSM bears. And again, I totally, I, I my visual of those is punk rock. Um, so I'm on his side for that. You're right. Maggio was the other photographer. Right. So Maggio's the other photographer. But he's like, it, so it's interesting to me that to, that in the photo, I guess because there's no kids in that photo, it's like less damning. But I would argue that those photos are a lot more damning to Balenciaga. Those are the photos that bother me a lot more. Um, uh, 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 and then like when you put the, the concepts of both together, you're like, okay, this is like really fucking weird. Um Let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, and then like the last article that I pulled for this just kind of made me laugh. This is from the Daily Mail, which I don't usually use because it's not an American news source, but the people involved um, uh, for the shoot, many of them weren't American, or if any of them, um, uh, because like the models were, you know, French and British and like photographers Italian and all this stuff. Um, So the father of a, uh, so it says exclusive, father of British child model who posed in bondage-themed Balenciaga campaign defends the photo shoot and insists his daughter had a, quote, fantastic time. I love this guy. Uh, the father of a British child model who plo- uh, posed clutching X-rated teddy bears. And again, I, I, don't, I don't think these are X-rated teddy bears. I would, bu- I, I would have bought this backpack if they were selling it for cheap on fucking Doll's Kill. So that's ridiculous. Um, wearing bondage gear for Balenciaga's BDSM-themed fashion shoot today, defended the warped campaign, saying his daughter had a fantastic time posing for the photographs. Speaking exclusively to Mail Online, the father, who remains anonymous, said he was present at the shoot, which was an enjoyable day out, and insisted the bizarre pictures had been taken totally out of context. No parent would actively encourage the child to take part in something which was pornographic. Yeah, I don't think anything about it was pornographic. Um, And I think the publicity surrounding what happened has been blown out of proportion. Again, I would argued child pageants are way more pornographic than this shoot. Um, The cuddly toys featured in the Christmas campaign are scantily clad wearing S&M style harnesses um, with chains and studs to promote the designer's plush bear handbag collection, prompting for a boy calls uh, for boycott on social media. And um, do, 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 that's kind of all that they say. And like, if you want to see a picture of Gallimberti, um, he's also on here. And of course, like they, they picked like the sketchiest photo. Like they picked a photo of him where he definitely looks like he fuck kids. And I think that's rude. <laughs> okay, guys, I know you need to sell papers and get clicks, but this is, this is rude. What Instagram filter is pedophile? <laughs> <laughs> this is rude. Like he's like, he's like sensually gazing. He's sensually gazing into the lens of the camera that's taking his picture while also like holding a camera like like kind of innocuously like it's like maybe he would accidentally take an upskirt photo of you on the subway and it's like fucking rude um so uh and then they go on to say blah 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 he said i feel desperately sorry for gabriel this had nothing to do with him and he was merely taking the photographs as requested by balenciaga the parents of the children were at the shoot and they approved of what took place uh gabri uh gabri 
uh, Gabrielle, I guess that's how you say it. I mean, it looks like Gabrielle in like American English, um, is an accomplished photographer and no way does he deserve the abuse he has been getting. The parents all knew what they were doing and the children had a fantastic time on the shoot. I mean, yeah, of course they did. Because again, I'm going to reiterate, the ch the children, uh, I don't think actually were in danger and certainly didn't know any of the context of what was going on. So that's the good news. Um, his innocent and has been drawn uh, he's innocent, I guess it's most supposed to say, and has been drawn into all this unfairly. It was a really enjoyable day, but it has now all been ruined because people have taken it out of context and created an international media storm. If I felt at any time it was inappropriate, I would have stepped in and I'm sure the other parents would have done the same, but no one did. Another source. And again, you know, uh, when you're on a photo shoot and you see a final photo, those two things are very different. Uh, another source revealed to the Mail Online the parents of the children had been active participants in the shoot, uh, in the day-long shoot in Paris earlier this month. Um, mm -mm -mm. And that's pretty much it. I just thought it was, like, funny that they did a whole article about one dad says it was cool. <laughs> And I love that. Well, uh, didn't Gallimberti say in the other article, though, that all the children involved were children of Balenciaga staff? Oh, I'm, I, I, didn't, I don't know. I don't know where that is. I don't, I don't remember seeing that. I'm going to pull that back up, see if I can find it. But if that's true, well, then this anonymous true, source is a Balenciaga employee. That's yeah, sketchy. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see that, but you, that might have been something that I missed, which would, yes, that would make uh, this even more complex. Very funny too, and I all, but I also wonder like <clears throat> what the coverage is like because you know this to me is mostly it's mostly been covering covered in America because we're like fucking Gaga for child pornography uh, conspiracy over here, and I wonder you know this was one of the articles from another country. I wonder if they're if everyone's so like obsessed with accusing people of child pornography in other places. So I have the quote here from Gallimberti. Okay, he says the young models were all oh okay. Oh, I guess I just read that. And I just it's, it didn't even like go into my head because this was from the article I pulled right before I came here. Hmm. So he says the young models were all children of Balenciaga employees and he was not the one who chose the bears for the children to hold. Interesting. Okay, that's that's interesting. So now anonymous sources are coming out being like, it was fine. But that's so weird because how that's like, but that that to me is bad reporting from the Daily Mail. <gasps> No. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's like a huge that's a huge piece of information. If you're doing reporting and your whole story is about one parent to leave out the fact that the parent is an employee of Balenciaga, I mean, that's the kind of shit that you can get like in actual legal trouble for as a journalist. Not if they not if they, you know, came forward being like, "Look, it's under the condition of anonymity." Right, but I mean, anonymity, but then you could still as the journalist write Right, like one fact that we know is that all the people worked for Balenciaga. I mean, it just seems like a huge piece to leave out. And I mean, this is Gallimberti's word versus the anonymous uh, parents' word. So who knows? You know right. what I mean? Right. Well, I mean, also, but I also, and again, like that Rolling Stone, Stone article is uh, so new that I don't think anyone's had the chance to clap back, as the kids say, at it. But like, you know, I would think that Balenciaga would immediately call bullshit on that if that wasn't true but I mean like that happens a lot I mean like certainly you know again I'm just I'm mean, I have to compare it to things I know about like you know when they do like a sketch on a late night you know tv show it's often one of the writers children. if they need a kid it's often one of like the writer's children who are they're incorporating in one of the sketches you know and things like that just so you don't have to go through all the hoop jumping through all the hoops of having to explain 
to some parent off the street, you know, that your kid's going to do some weird shit. Because even in comedy, like, even if it's not, like, pedophilic, you know, we're still often doing asking kids to do weird shit, I guess, or stuff that you wouldn't probably want your kid to do. Not sexual, guys. Not sexual. Um, all right. So that's the coverage of that. Very interesting. And, you know, again, rare for me to actually be on the side of the people calling something pedophilic or child pornography. But I got I mean, there there there's too many coincidences in this series of photos. And also my bias is that the fashion industry disgusts me. So that's my bias. And please keep that in, in take, you know, take that into account when you're assessing it. Um, and if we find anything more interesting or that covers things that we haven't gone over today, definitely tag me in them on Twitter or send them to without a country uh, on Instagram or the email, you know, social media is probably just easier to tag me in. I always see things on Twitter. So I love Twitter. I know you wanted to breeze through it, but I mean, did you see Tate's quote on the Balenciaga thing? I refuse to read Tate's quotes. Right. I fuck. I mean, you can read it, read no. it to me, but I, I just think he's the absolute bullshit artist. Go ahead. He made the the the, the point that Satanists uh, believe in karmic retribution. So as long as they are telling you what they are doing, right? right? As long as they are hitting you in the face. I mean, with you it. you lost me when you when you when you started the sentence with Andrew Tate said this is what Satanists say. But go ahead. Okay. Well, I mean, it, okay. Continue the sentence. So that they, they, as long as they tell you what they're doing, as yeah. long as they show you the evil that they intend to perpetuate on the world, they are karmically free from the consequences of the said evil doing. So that means R. Kelly's in the clear too. Did R. Kelly tell you he was? Yes. When? R. Kelly tra like trapped in closet is literally he's just all his lyrics are just him telling you exactly what he did to all the women. It's like mind blowing actually when you look at his lyrics. I in karmically who knows where r kelly but at? i don't understand so how are satan like kar karma is not a satanic philosophy it's like eastern philosophy so how so what does karma mean in the context of satanism i don't even believe in satan so this is like a wild concept to discuss but well, satanism is all about personal freedom right so like that concept of being like look am i doing my best to, with that that personal freedom right like am i abusing that privilege and one of those things like the the example that he made right in, in this thing was like if he you sell poison apples right but as you, just apples then you're a bad person you're a bad person but if you say poison apples on the sign and right. can somehow still sell those apples right you're not actually poisoning someone they're committing suicide and paying you for the privilege so it's these kids fault that they're so fuckable no it's our fault for continuing to support pedophilia in the fashion industry well i mean i'm not so i've not, i don't own anything by balenciaga i didn't i didn't have to burn anything so i'm fine i haven't even rent the runway balenciaga mm, i have to look into that but i don't think so uh it's not my style but uh in yeah okay so i mean so I mean, like, the, people just, like, love to call on Satanism, though. But, like, that's to me that we're getting a little – and that's why I didn't want to involve Andrew Tate because we're getting a little too deep into, like, Illuminati conspiracy theories. And, like, to me, Satanism is just, like, a made-up thing. It's just, it's just like a – I mean, it's not – you're just making up shit. I mean, that's how I feel about all religions. It's nothing against Satanism in particular. All right, fair enough. And also people like Andrew Tate, like, like, so, I mean, it, but like, is anyone involved in this shoot, uh, you know, a reg registered member of like the satanic temple or something? No, I mean that, then you are going deeper into the rabbit hole of like, right. yeah, I mean, so they're all in it for the adrenochrome <laughs> and it's like, all right. <sighs> oh God. Andrew Tate. And it's also hard. It's hard for me 
to listen to someone who I think is like void of ethics, like Andrew Tate talk about ethics. And that's another reason why I personally didn't look into what he said, because I was like, well, I don't agree with your moral compass to begin with. So I can't then listen to you preach about moral issues. All right. Um, Let's see what we have time for. God, there's so much stuff. Um, All right. I have to look at these two stories. Um, So I think we're going to do an abortion watch story. This is from the Washington Post. Mm. Georgia Supreme Court reinstates six-week abortion ban. Damn. Thanks to Mike for finding this one. The Georgia Supreme Court has reinstated the state's ban on abortion after six weeks of pregnancy, just one week after the law was overturned by a Fulton County judge. In response to emergency petition by the state, the high court, oh, I can zip this up by now, abortion serious, you can't have your tits out for it. It's not like Balenciaga. Um, In response to uh, an emergency petition by the state, the high court issued a one-page order Wednesday that puts uh, last week's lower court ruling on pause while it considers an appeal. In his November 15th decision, Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney uh, determined that the so-called heartbeat law was unconstitutional when enacted in 2019 because the prevailing law of Roe v. Wade prohibited abortion bans pre-viability. After his ruling, abortion access in Georgia reverted to the pre-ban level of up to 22 weeks of pregnancy. After Roe v. Wade was overturned in June, states were free to enact laws that banned abortion before fetal viability. In states such as Georgia, abortion bans were enacted at six weeks, which is the earliest that fetal cardiac uh, electrical activity, distinct from the heartbeat of a fully formed organ, can be detected. Though Wednesday's order is not the final word on the state's abortion law, issuing the order put the six-week ban back into immediate effect. The court denied a request by abortion providers to give 24 hours notice before reinstating the ban. Abortion rights groups have criticized Georgia's law as extreme, noting that it bans abortion before people often know they're pregnant. Victims seeking abortion due to rape or incest are required to file a police report on the assault to receive the exemption. A spokesperson for Attorney General Chris Carr said Wednesday that the office welcomed the news. We are pleased with the court's action today. However, we are unable to provide further comment due to the pending appeal, Kara Richardson, a spokesperson for Carr's office, said in an email. The abortion clinics and reproductive rights groups who are among the plaintiffs criticized the decision, saying it once again, uh, uh, you pended the lives of Georgians seeking access to abortion. It is outrageous that this extreme law is back in effect just days after being rightfully blocked, Alice Wang, staff attorney at the Center for Reproductive Rights, said in a statement. This legal ping pong is causing chaos for medical providers trying to do their jobs and for patients who are now left frantically searching for the abortion services they need. When the lower court overturned the ban last week, both sides were fully aware that the decision was tentative. Georgia's abortion providers cautiously resumed scheduling abortions up to 22 weeks, while anti-abortion lawmakers such as Georgia Representative Ed Seltzer, who authored the state's abortion law, shrugged off last week's lower court ruling, accurately predicting that it would be quickly voided by the state's Supreme Court. The future of Georgia's abortion law is likely to be settled in court rather than in the Georgia State House, where political analysts and historians say lawmakers are fatigued by the bitter 2019 session, where the six-week ban passed by a single vote 
and are ready to tackle other legislative priorities. Add to that the recent string of victories in the midterm elections that demonstrated the broad popularity of abortion access. Charles Bullock, a political science professor at the University of Georgia who specializes in Southern and legislative politics, said abortion bans in the increasingly purple state are likely to fire up deep red base voters, but could backfire with the state's overall populace, as we've seen many times throughout the since, you know, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, He cited a recent poll from the School of Public and International Affairs Survey Research um, Center at the University of Georgia that found that a majority of respondents opposed or strongly opposed the state's six week abortion ban. Statewide, statewide, this is not a winning issue, he said, of the abortion restrictions. While that's un, uh, unlikely to affect lo- local legislators uh, in safe districts, stiff opposition to abortion rights could come back to bite lawmakers if they attempt a run at statewide office. <clears throat> Sorry, this is killing my voice, guys. Abortion has emerged as a major issue in the Georgia Senate race between incumbent Senator Raphael Warnock, uh, Democrat, and Republican challenger, you know him, you don't love him, Herschel Walker, whose staunchly anti-abortion public stance has run up against accusations by two women that while in a relationship with Walker, he pressured them to have abortions always. Um Georgia Republican analyst Brian Robinson said a split will emerge among anti-abortion Republicans if more abortion laws are forced back into chambers. You'll uh, have some who will want to go the direction of Virginia, which is vying for a ban at 15 weeks, and some who will want to stick with the heartbeat standard and some who will favor a complete ban, Robinson said. But even for those whose opposition to abortion stems from what Robinson said were genuinely held beliefs on the sanctity of life, they live in a political context. It's not a debate they're eager to have, he said. Right now, what they'd rather be talking about and messaging on is solutions for our economy and crime. So again, this is just interesting um, as you know, as we inch closer to the next presidential election to keep an eye on. Um, I think that this is, you know, not something good for conservatives to keep fucking talking about and keep fucking doing, but they're going to. Um, and the last story that I'm going to cover is this very fucking weird Thanksgiving dinner that Donald Trump had. This is just strange. This is from NBC News. Um, And again, there was just so much kind of weird shit on, you know, this week that I like didn't necessarily do a main story. I mean, I guess the the main story was Balenciaga. um, And I, you know, pulled from all different news sources for that one. And of course, had to go into like several fashion news. You know, we don't usually use Vogue um, on Without a Country, but we did. And Vogue actually has great articles. So it's just not usually articles of things that we're talking about on this show. Mm. The inside story, this is from, again, NBC News, the inside story of Trump's explosive dinner with Ye and Nick Fuentes. Um, what was supposed to be a private dinner ended up being a political nightmare. Just two days before Thanksgiving, Donald Trump was planning, and I'm not going to read this whole thing, it's pretty long, but um, was planning to have a private uneventful dinner with an old friend, Ye, the rapper formerly known as Kanye West. Incredible how Kanye is just involved in everything these days. The two had arranged to break bread on Tuesday night at Trump's Mar-a-Lago club in Florida after weeks of private phone conversations as Ye lost lucrative partnerships and became a mainstream cultural pariah for his anti-Semitic remarks, according to those familiar with the talks between the two men. Uh, But Trump and again, it's so interesting that everyone that, you know, 
quite publicly, Trump is like, yeah, I'll have Thanksgiving dinner with you. Like, he just doesn't give a shit. Um, but Trump may have been walking into a trap in Mar-a-Lago's gilded halls, one that leveraged his own penchant for spectacle and showmanship against him. Ye arrived with three guests, including white national nationalist and anti-Semite. I mean, if you say white nationalist, you pr- pretty much don't like Jews. Like they're kind of one and the same for me. But nice that they broke him up for that. Uh, Nick Fuentes. Uh, Trump has uh, since said that he didn't know Fuentes or his background when they dined together, a claim Fuentes confirmed in an interview. But others at the crowded members only club figured out his identity. And again, I mean, that happens. I mean, like think of how many times I mean. You know, you're at work and someone introduces you to someone and you don't necessarily know who that person is. You don't know everything about them. That being said, you know, when you've just announced that you're running for president, you need to have someone fucking looking shit up for you if you're having public dinners. Uh, You need some kind of a vetting process here, buddy. Uh, News of the meeting prompted an avalanche of criticism from some Republican rivals and allies of Trump and his, his then week old presidential campaign. In damage control, Trump's campaign is now instituting new vetting procedures and gatekeeping efforts as details emerge about how Fuentes and the former president found themselves at the same table, according to two people briefed on the plans. It's also interesting that Ye is with Nick Fuentes because it's like you're saying you're a white nationalist. But I mean, you know, just because you're a white nationalist, I guess Ye could very well agree with the concept of white nationalism, which is not... uh, you know, which is not that like we don't like black people, the concept of white nationalism, you know, as the organization, you know, organized white nationalists, you know, talk about is that they believe that, you know, white people and black people should just live separately. So I wonder, I mean, I wonder if Kanye West thinks that I'm not I I don't know. Um, Or if it's a concept that we talk about a lot on this show, which is celebrity being a race of its own. And once you reach a certain level, you're not black, you're not white, you're not Asian, you're celebrity. Um, or it could be both. Uh, uh, the uproar underscores longstanding issues with Trump as Republicans consider whether they want him back as president again in 2024. Both his campaigns and his administration were often characterized by chaos and buffeted by the consequences of his impulses as they stumbled from crisis to crisis. And Trump has repeatedly put himself in the center of controversies over racism from falsely accusing the first black president Oh, God, I forgot about this one of not being a natural born citizen to announcing his 2016 presidential bid by portraying most Mexican migrants as rapists and uh, drug runners. You know, the hits, the Trump classics. Mm. The master troll got trolled. The headline grabbing attention on his guests and therefore the subsequent fallout were all but insured by Trump before the dinner when he made a grand entrance at about 8 p.m. on November 22nd to meet his guests. We saw everybody in the dining room get up and start applauding. And then the president entered, Fuentes told NBC News. He greeted us and he invited Ye into dinner. And Ye said that he wanted to bring us with him to the table. So we walked in and Ye took some pictures with some of the guests in the dining room. And then we sat down on the table. Trump made sure they sat at his specially reserved table on the patio for all to see, according to Fuentes. But the dinner wasn't the happy photo op the president had planned. I also don't know like what he thought, uh, you know, Kanye hasn't been doing well for quite some time and especially not in the past several weeks. So like maybe Trump is just leaning so far in now. Maybe Trump has like realized how many people actually are anti-Semitic and he's like, well, 
I'm I'm kind of known for doing whatever the fuck I want. So I'm not even going to pretend that I give a shit about Kanye, you know, not liking Jews. I'm just going to actually lean into that demographic of people who openly don't like Jews and wish they could be more open about it, which as a Jew, I would argue, is a pretty big untapped demographic. So good on you. Good business plan. Um, Ye criticized Trump for not doing enough to help pay the legal bills of those arrested in the January 6th Capitol riots. I would have loved to see his to-do list for this dinner. Hmm. And he also told, hey, I, I don't like Jews, do you? Uh, and he also told Trump he might run for president against him and said Trump should instead be his running mate. What? Oh, that's something I'd hope to never see on a ballot. All of which angered the former president who attacked Ye's ex-wife, Kim Kardashian, according to two dinner participants, and Ye, who blasted out a Mar-a-Lago debrief video to his 32.2 million Twitter followers the next day. Uh, Trump is really impressed with Nick Fuentes, Ye said in the video. Fuentes said that he praised Trump as, quote, my hero, and criticized Florida Governor Ron DeSantis for his potential GOP primary challenge to Trump. But he also told him to face uh, at the dinner that the one-time 2016 insurgent was in danger, of, in danger of becoming a scripted establishment bore who could lose in 2024. Some Republicans, including former Vice President Mike Pence, have condemned the dinner, which with Pence calling on Trump to apologize. No one listens to you anymore, Mike Pence. Just shut up. One longtime Trump advisor who didn't want to go on record criticizing his preferred candidate said it was clear that Fuentes's presence was part of a headline grabbing setup. The master troll got trolled, the advertiser said. Kanye punked Trump. As advisors, this is such a circus. As advisors to Trump have attempted to quell the backlash, some have insisted that the former president was essentially tricked by the rapper. And his guests, a suspicion that was backed up by Milo Yiannopoulos, who's been in this very studio, possibly in this very chair that I'm sitting in right now, uh, the anti-Trump far-right provocateur who is now acting as a political advisor to Ye. Which, I mean, I, I, lo I loved reading this article because every sentence got crazier and crazier. And you're like, what? Who? With who? You were where? With who? Like that TikTok. Um Yiannopoulos, a former Breitbart editor who was banned from Twitter in 2016 for inciting a racist campaign against the comedian Leslie Jones, told NBC News that he was the architect of the plan to have Fuentes travel with Ye in the hopes of slipping him into the dinner with Trump. The intent, according to Yiannopoulos, was for Fuentes to give Trump an unvarnished view of how a portion of his base views his candidacy. Yiannopoulos persuaded a former Trump 2016 campaign advisor from Florida, Karen Giorno, to give Ye a ride to Mar-a-Lago, which she said led her to become an accidental member of Ye's dinner party. Yiannopoulos said he also wanted Giorno to brief Ye on Trump and politics and if she went to the dinner to lend a sense of political gravitas to the discussion. The fourth member of the party was a man Ye later identified as a parent of a student at his private school in California, Donda Academy. Donda shut down for the year after Ye's anti-Semitic remarks. Again, every sentence, just so complex, like a good sandwich. Uh, Yiannopoulos uh, said he was unsure of why the man traveled with them. Yiannopoulos said Fuentes is serving in an advisory capacity to Ye. Giorno is not an official member of the unofficial Ye campaign team, but flew to Los Angeles to meet with them this week. Um, and it goes on and on, but that's basically what I, it just, it's just, it's just like, I think it's just buckling up for the circus that we are about to watch unfold. Now that Trump is officially in the running, the kind of stunts he's going to be pulling 
um, the amount of publicity that Kanye West keeps getting. I'm not going to call him yay. I'll call him yay in the article. I'm not calling him yay. Um, uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, so yeah, that's what's going on. And uh, it's kind of interesting to see Trump get a taste of his own medicine with all these troublemakers. You know, I kind of like it. Uh, this is exactly what you know, I guess if you, you know, we were talking about the concept of karma earlier, I think this is this is Trump's karma. And I and I don't think that he really has a chance to win against Ron DeSantis. But again, as I've mentioned before, Ron DeSantis, I think, is a lot scarier. And I think Ron DeSantis, it could be beat Biden if he runs against him. Um, but maybe Trump will say something stupid, like write me into all his supporters and maybe that'll take the votes away from DeSantis. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um I hate you. That's Toronto Sanders, not to you guys. Uh, um, but yeah, that's that's everything that I wanted to cover today, right down to the minutes. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, make sure to follow, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page Without a Country podcast on YouTube, which is the way I recommend watching the show because there's so many visuals. Follow me on all social media. That includes TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Philanthropy Gal. If you want to see shows in 2023, again, I'm in Austin, Houston, Toronto, mark your calendars, and New Year's Eve if you're in New York City, 6 p.m. at New York Comedy Club in the East Village. Uh, ticket links for all those will be up soon. The Austin ticket link for Vulcan Gas Company in February is already up. Thank you so much, you know, and make sure that if you're going to give your kid a teddy bear that it's not in a mesh crop top. Thanks so much. Be safe out there. See you next week, wackos. Thank you.